The Soul of Beer Reincarnate. This is a Birvana audio blog. Please forgive verbal stumbles and fumbles, and when you're done listening, consider a tasty pint from one of my partners, the Guinness Brewery of Dublin, Ireland, and Baltimore, Maryland, Freem Family Brewers of Hood River, Oregon, and Rubens Brews of Seattle, Washington. Their support makes this site possible. Beer is history. Every pint, if you care to peer deeply enough into it, contains a story that stretches back decades or centuries. We like to kid ourselves about innovation, but even the shiniest new object, go ahead, take smooge as an example, borrows from the wisdom of our ancestors. In most cases, the lineage proceeds backward through time like links in a chain, one evolution at a time. Guinness Draft offers one of the clearest examples if you want to see what I mean, and if you go to the site, you can follow the link. Brewing history is also littered with broken chains ending in names like Peterman and Meersberger. Sometimes beers don't evolve fast enough, or perhaps they contain flavors or textures that no longer have any place in our steel and concrete ecosystems. Many of those old styles just weren't built for modernity, and descriptions are enough to explain why they didn't make it. Peterman. Viscous, very brown colored, and a slightly penetrating and aromatic bouquet. Meersberger. Bitter as the death in a gallows. Yet the death of some styles is a true tragedy, even if the living don't realize what they've lost. Berliner Weisse is one of those extremely rare styles that died only to be reincarnated before memory and resource passed beyond retrieval. Until the 20th century, beers made with wild yeast and bacteria were common. Indeed, they probably outnumbered clean styles. When Pasteur gazed through a microscope at the tiny bodies of these beings, he numbered their days. Berliner Weisse, properly made with both Lactobacillus and Brettanomyces, survived in part because of slow innovation on the east side of the wall during the Cold War, even though there the taste for bright, complex, acidic beers was in steep decline. The last brewery to make the city's classic Weissbier, Schulteis, merged with Kindle, a brewery by then making debased lacto-only versions, and that was it for the traditional product. Except it wasn't. The final bottles of Schulteis contained the soul of Berliner Weisse, a fine layer of white dusting their rounded floors. Fans living in Berlin bought up the final lots by the case, stowing them in cellars and cupboards. One of the purchasers was Alan Taylor, the Berlin-trained brewer who founded Zeugelhaus a few years ago. He became one of the Quixote-like figures who couldn't give up on the beer, despite its poor commercial prospects. Like Oliver Lemke, Elrika Gens, in Berlin and Jace Marty in the U.S., they plotted to revive the tradition that died with Schulteis. All of them went to Berlin's VLB Brewing School or were connected to it, where historical accounts, accounts and records of Berliner Weisse were still housed. In addition to capturing their bottled souls, these brewers had detailed records on how they were made. Allen brought his bottles of Schulteis back to the U.S., where his stash has slowly dwindled. He still had one precious bottle left, secreted away in the brewery for a special occasion. Yesterday, as we sampled the vice beer he releases each summer, the moment arrived. He also had a few other examples squirreled away, but the real prize was the old Schulteis, that ghost of a lost age. With his brewers and I gathered around, we took a trip into the past. Alan was disappointed to find that the Schulteis was a little past its prime. It had a woody, oxidized note that came rushing in just as you swallowed. But swirling the beer around my mouth, I tasted a lemony elixir with a clean acidity and hints of stone fruit esters. It may not have been as fresh as the day it was released, but I had no point of comparison. 
Instead, I reveled in the flavors I'd only ever encountered through description. Language has all kinds of limitations when compared with experience, and that's especially true with a beer that has been lost for a decade and a half. After he brought bottles of Schulteis home to the U.S., Alan had the lactobacillus and bretonomyces cultured, and now he uses those in the beer he makes at Zeugelhaus. Brewed in the summer and aged a year, it bristles with character. The subtle elements time destroyed in the Schulteis are present in this version. A hint of bready wheat, a delicately herbaceous quality that seems to come from some alchemy of, alchemy of fermentation. Al Alan, it's definitely not the hops. Chardonnay fruitiness and that bright lemony acidity of Schulteis. It's not Schulteis, though. The process he uses is somewhat different. His brew house and vessels are different, and he uses malt, uh, different malt and hops. Yet the, show, yet the soul of Schulteis represented not represented not just by the yeast and bacteria, but a tradition of craft that dates back hundreds of years is there. A Berliner from Napoleon's time, when his army raved about the beer, would surely recognize it. Alan introduced me to proper Bretonomyces-laced Berliner with Weisse eight years ago, when Schulteis was just seven years departed. At that time, the GABF was telling breweries that Brett shouldn't be in Berliner Weisse. It was dark days for the style, and I wasn't sure it would survive. Now, more and more breweries make it the old way, though far more make smoothie sours they call Berliner Weisse, which could be the subject of an entirely different post. Fans are still not what you would call abundant, but neither are they absent. They can support the volume Zeugelhaus produces. Perhaps it was right to wait this long to try that old bottle. The beer may have been a bit oxidized, but there was no melancholy in the taste. Schulteis may be gone, but Berliner Weisse will survive.